Hey everyone, this is Ryan. And this is Rob. We are Frontier. Frontier is a front ensemble based podcast geared towards education and current events happening in the wild world of front ensemble. Wild. We are presenting to you episode three, which we would like to start off with an apology to all directors, marchers, participants in our WGI season. It has come to an early end. It was just really a travesty to see everybody's forward progress come to such a sudden stop. I know that our students have been working super hard this year, and it was just really heartbreaking to see all that work just uh, vanish into thin air. Yeah, it's it's been reassuring watching some videos on a couple of the Facebook pages that are out of the work and the progress that so many of ensembles have made, and super encouraging to see the the progress that the ensembles have made over the years, from last year to this year, and from five years ago till now, uh, and to see the growth of the, the activity is with our sincerest feelings that we uh, just extend our sorrow and our apologies to everyone out there involved in the activity. Due to the season ending early, we have a weird situation now as a front ensemble collective where previously... We were all gearing up towards the ends of our season, making that final push, and we now suddenly are hit with a load of free time and zero current deadlines. So our episode today is talking to you about how we can transition from an end of the season and how to make the most of all this free time. Yeah, the biggest thing to remember is now we have no deadlines. We don't have to worry about being clean. Wash your hands. We don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So... It's time to focus on the basics. It's where we can focus on our technique and we can buckle down and focus on our timing and things that have plagued our our individual playing over the past couple weeks as we've been just really focusing on playing cleaner together. The season does not always allow for technique to be the focus. So now that we are between seasons, it is prime time to focus on your technique and prime time to focus on your timing. Through this episode, we'll just be giving several different methods and exercises that can help you out with that. The first thing we want to talk about, um, and it might seem, seem weird to talk about this on the Front Ensemble podcast, is just to focus on becoming a better percussionist and a better drummer. You'd be amazed at how many students walk in to auditions and not feel uncomfortable playing rhythms with drumsticks uh, and those skills. So we, we want to encourage you to dig out your drumsticks, play on a pad, refamiliarize yourself with rudiments, go on PAS's website and look those up, digging out your George Lawrence Stone stick control book. It, you may be thinking, I will never ever play with sticks on a marimba, and hopefully that is true. But these rudiments in the stick control help out your hand-to-hand evenness, which applies directly to the runs that you have to play. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I know that I've experienced it, but Ryan, have you ever written or had students play a paradiddle on the marimba with their sticking? I have. Not only at a paradiddle two mallet-wise, so we think of those as paradiddles, but playing lateral strokes in the middle of an inter-independence run. That's a paradiddle. Oh, two, strokes, two strokes on one hand. So, does the paradiddle on the mallet rush at the end of it with the diddle, just like I see so many students doing it on a drum? Absolutely. I would say all the tendencies that you see students have on 
every percussion instrument applies to front ensemble tendencies and then are amplified because you've got eight, nine players playing the same thing. The other thing to remember is that front ensembles are starting to incorporate more sounds now. And you've seen, you've seen groups include tom-toms on keyboards or surdos on keyboards or snare drums on keyboards. Uh, and, and to not forget that when you are evaluated in those sides of things, that your percussion judge is evaluating you as a percussionist. So when, when he sees your keyboard players or you as a keyboard player go over there and play, you know, some less than appealing snare drum or some less than appealing tom-tom technique, you know, that's something that, that we will talk about uh, in our activity. Another thing as a drummer is to focus on your timing. Making sure that you're taking exercise passages and playing them rhythm only is really beneficial. Personally, I really recommend the Tom Hannum check patterns, which I think is a very comprehensive and basic exercise that you can teach to a lot of different students very easily. Absolutely. And there's a million variations on it. I mean, you can also use the 4-2-1 grid, which is another accent pattern variation that allows people to work on their timing exercises. So any, any exercise like that is super beneficial when you're evaluating and, and adjusting your sense of pulse. After working on your timing, focusing more on your mallet technique, we're going to recommend practicing on a bed or a pillow. This is one of my favorite ways to practice, especially when I was marching in the activity because I was able to focus on my technique on the different stroke types and everything while listening to my favorite type of music. It also, it also removes any sort of pitch that could confuse your ears. I love doing the, the bed, pillow, floor, groundwork just to focus on isolating what my hands are doing and what each individual stick, whether it's two or four, sounds like without pitch. Because we know as we're running up the keyboard, the keyboard sometimes will, will help us with our little bit of inconsistencies. But when you've got the ground or your bed or something, a practice pad telling you black and white, these things sound the same. That's what your hands sound like. That's not what the keyboard sounds like. That's what your hands sound like. Another part of the pillow practice that I really appreciate is it's a dead giveaway for your velocity. When you hit a pillow or you hit a mattress, the surface makes one tone. And when you dig real deep and you're able to hit the center of the pillow or, or hit further into the mattress and you play with a lot of velocity, that's got another tone. So you can really better gauge your hand-to-hand consistency or your overall sound quality. So what are some ways that you practice on a bed or a pillow? The first thing I do is use a metronome and or songs to play along with. And I will take a look at the different stroke types available to me, the different stroke types that I'll use in my season or exercises and break those down. So just as an example, using two mallets, I can play alternating 16th notes, alternating check patterns on a bed along with a met. Or I can do everything as double stops and really make sure that my hands are consistent and performing the same. Going beyond that, I can break it down and just focus on one hand at a time, staring at my right hand while it plays continuous accent tap patterns or even full strokes to make sure that it's moving consistently as I'm going along. Yeah, I'm a big fan of doing this kind of work and going dominant hand to non-dominant hand or I'll do like a version of eight on a hand where you're doing 
eight eight notes on your dominant hand, eight notes hands together, eight notes on your non-dominant hand. So you can go strong hand, then making sure they're both doing the same thing, then weak hand to make sure it's still doing the same thing, and then go backwards through that process and just kind of ping pong it around. Beyond two mallets, there are several stroke types that you can perfect while you're holding four mallets, such as the double verticals, the alternating strokes, your single independent, or and for more advanced players, double laterals or triple laterals. And I think that as you're going through these, you got to remember to practice both not only slow tempos, but slow motion as you really work on your smaller muscles. And then as you work on, you go to faster snaps, pivot, piston strokes, you begin to work on your larger muscles and keeping your eyes on your wrist and on your mallets. Using a mirror, recording yourself with your iPhone so that you can see how you look. That's real important to me as often our comfort zone, what feels correct to us is usually not a path towards progress. If you're just always playing what feels correct, you're usually just, you're usually not growing. Yeah, I would tag on to the the slow rhythm thing you were talking about a second ago, using long rhythms. So putting your metronome on faster maybe, but playing whole notes, then play half notes. So that way you're not just working on a certain rhythm at at a certain tempo, but you're focusing on motions being very slow, and then without turning your metronome off to speed it up, you go, you cut the, the space in between your motion in half. So you're playing whole notes, and you get that to feel however you want it to feel, whether it's a quick piston stroke and it's a, as fast as you can go down up, okay, if you play that style of stroke, or you play a more legato stroke, okay, but you get what that feels over four beats, and then cut that in half to half notes. Then cut it in half again to quarter notes. Then cut it in half again to eighth notes. And then alternate your hands. And you can do that with all four of those stroke styles. Where we're working on the lateral strokes in a flicking motion. Or our single independent strokes. Or our inside mount strokes. But being able to go slow and isolate that motion. And then cut it in half. And cut it in half. And then cut it in half. And I actually do the same thing with dynamics as well. As I play at full extension. Cut it in half cut it in half again, then go through your dynamic range so you have checkpoints. Because that's where you can get the most bang for your buck in this part of the season, is giving yourself technical and musical checkpoints that you can use in all of your playing. Another important thing to focus on while you're practicing on your better pillow, because you're not behind an instrument, you're not necessarily set up to be playing with proper posture. So remembering how your back is set up what your wrist angle is while you're playing on the floor is also really important. I see a lot of my students when they're practicing on the floor are hunched over if they're sitting crisscross and they're trying to play on the front side of their knees. I think it's just a little bit better to twist your torso a little bit and be able to play off at an angle instead of having to hunch over your legs. So the last thing we want to talk about is is pushing yourself. We've talked a lot about breaking stuff down, but now it's time to put those chops to work. Chopping out two mallet wise, either hands together or hands separated, is a good thing to push push your two mallet hand speed. Doing the same thing with all of your four mallet strokes. Um, but not only chopping out for speed, burst speed, so like short burst of how fast you can play, but just endurance chopping out for how long uh, you can do things. Because if you're trying to play a fast four mallet passage for four beats, 
if you're only able to play fast four balance for four beats, chances are you're you're going to struggle through that. But if you can play it for eight beats or 12 beats or 16 beats or 20 beats or three minutes or three minutes, chances of being more successful are, are much higher. It is crucial to check yourself with a metronome. Crucial to make sure you're playing along with something. Don't just trust your own intuitive time. Continue to learn to have better time. Take advantage of those metronome apps on your phone. Yeah, there's so many resources out there. You know, PAS has their own website, PAS.org, that has a bunch of resources and articles. YouTube, you know, Googling your favorite front ensemble to see how they play is a great resource to utilize at a time like this. Just absorbing as much information as you can from different resources. And we want to encourage you to take that information that you get and then put it to work. It's a bummer to see the season end so early, but this is a fantastic time to build momentum towards your next competition season. You are deciding the outcome of the next season right now as you begin to practice for it. So get to work. If you have any questions, hit us up through email at frontiered at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at front underscore tier underscore edu. Or hit us up on Facebook at Frontier. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or thoughts you have about practicing. Hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you... uh, Thanks again for listening. Be sure to like our pages, share our podcast, talk to your friends about it. Give us some thoughts. What do you want to hear on our next podcast? Catch you all next time on The Frontier.